Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Welcome to Parsha's Vayeshev. We'll open up talking about the story of Yosef and his brothers, and hopefully the, uh, we'll be able to gain some lessons about just what exactly was going on and uh, what we could learn from it. So... It says that Yosef brought the bad reports to his father. And the Ramban starts off by quoting Rashi. Rashi uh, says that uh, any bad that he would see in his brothers, the Bnei Leah, so Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Issachar, and Zavulan, uh, Yosef would tell over to his father. But the Ramban doesn't like this shot because he says, well, if Yosef was only reporting the negative about uh, the Bnei Leah, which Rashi says that he was reporting that they were calling the other brothers, B'nai Ashvachos, they were calling the four brothers of Dun, Naftali, Gad, and Asher, whose mothers were Bila and Zilpa, that they are the sons of maidservants, um, which is disrespectful. So then, why didn't those four Shvatim defend Yosef and protect him? And if you might say, well, they were outnumbered, the Ramban says, no, if you do the math, so you have 12 Shvatim, that's true. But out of the B'nai Leah, Reuven wasn't involved because he tried to save Yosef. So you have Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. Yisachar and Zvulun, you have five brothers. So all the other brothers, Ruvain and Dun, Naftali, Gud, Asher, and obviously Yosef and Benyamin are not trying to sell Yosef. So why didn't they stand up and protect him? So the Ramban brings down from, from the Medrash that uh, that obviously the Peshat is that Yosef was uh, snitching and telling on uh, on his Madrega, um, or whatever their Taina was against him. Obviously the Peshat is that he was telling negative things about all the brothers. Now, there are a couple of Mepharshim that try to answer for Rashi that even Rashi agrees with his Peshat because Rashi usually follows the Chazal. He always follows Chazal. And um, so let me just put down a couple of interesting thoughts here. The first one is the Reim. The Reim is always Rabbi Elio Mizrahi, 1455-1525. through 1525. He was a chief rabbi in Constantinople, present-day Turkey. This is start if you want to understand Rashi. So he says that it might be true that Yosef wasn't necessarily telling over anything negative to his father about the Bnei Ashvachos. However... In his dream, uh, they all bowed to him, and in every one of them, there were 11 stacks of, uh, or stars that bowed to him, and so they didn't like that. That was their taina against them, and so therefore they also had a complaint against him. There are other Mepharshim that do say that Rashi holds that there was a specific complaint, that that was one specific complaint they were giving over, but that, um, of course, Yosef was complaining about other things, like the Medrash itself says, that they are a chashudin on Avram and Achai, and they are uh, looking at Benosa Aretz and Mazalz and Benashvachos. The Shla is a shot, which is interesting. The Shla says that that those three things, obviously, how do we say this about the Shifte Kav? They were doing such bad averis. So he says that Avram Achai means that when you pull off a limb from something that should be there and that, that you're disconnecting, that Yosef was the Avram Achai. They were pulling off Yosef and trying to exclude him from, from being part of, of the 12 Shvatim. That's what his Taina was. And that they were looking at other. Benosa Arts, they were looking elsewhere, again, shows that they just weren't being uh, faithful to Knesset Yisrael, and that their Mazalz and Ashvachos is just a bigger picture of them looking down on others and, and, and all the division between them. So that was the lesson that the Shlal, he explains it a little bit more, but that basically Yosef was complaining that his brothers were destroying the nation, and that's what, that the waywardness that he was describing was something that they, that they were all doing, and he was complaining to his father about all of them because he felt a responsibility. And Yaakov 
tried to tell Yosef not to get involved to some degree, putting down the dreams and recognizing that, his, that the brothers were jealous, but to no avail. So that's just an interesting thought about what was going on. In Parak Lamad Zion Pasuk Gimel, it says that Yosef was a ben zakunim, the son of his old age. And the Ramban says that, of course, uh, back then there was a minag of zakanim that they would take one of their sons and designate him to be his uh, person that would take care of him. And um, he would hold you and make sure that you would stay on your feet. And uh, Yaakov picked Yosef to have that job. And he uh, saw that it would be fit for Yosef to have that job. And uh, yet the brothers were jealous of that, and they, they didn't like that. Parak Lamad Zion, Pasuk Tesvav. So the Pasuk says that um, Yosef uh, went on his father's command to go find his brothers, and he bumped into a man. And Yosef was lost, and this man redirected him. Oh, I saw your brothers in Dosan. Go there. And the Ramban says is one of the most famous lines here, that the Pasuk is very lengthy to tell us all the stories um, that even though Yosef was warned by this man that told him, you know, you sh- your brothers are not happy with you. Maybe it's not a good idea to go approach them. But nevertheless, Yosef had his calculations that, hey, my father told me to go, and so I'm going to go try to approach my brothers. Ulo dienu, says Ramban, this teaches us, Ode, ki agezeira emes, bacharitza sheker. Such powerful words. Ki agezeira emes, that which Hashem decrees is the ultimate truth and will always happen. Bacharitzas, and, and any attempt to try to get away from what Hashem's decree is, sheker, it will never happen. And these are such powerful words in life, where we try to go against the Gezerah, and we try to outsmart Hashem, and we sometimes think, well, what if, or maybe, we start bargaining in our mind, that maybe we had a different way, maybe if something else happened. But ultimately, anyone that tries to underdo Hashem's will is one that ultimately brings it out. But the more we recognize this, and you could learn so much by studying Chobos HaVoshar B'Tochan, talks all about this, that any situation that we're in in life is a Gezerah Emes. Yeah, it's true that part of the Gezerah that Hashem gives is that we need to do our Ishtalas to try to fix situations that are negative, fix situations that are painting us or other people. But whatever situation that we're in right now, that's the Gezerah and that's Emes. And the Charitzos, anything that we think should change it, could change it, is Sheker. It's simply not true. Only the Rebona Shalom decides when something is fit to change and when something will change. Those are such powerful words of the Ramban. That Yosef cannot be dissuaded because you, Hashem had a, a plan, and the plan was that this is what's going to happen. You're going to show up here, and your brothers are going to sell you down to slavery, and we're going down to Egypt, and, and nobody's going to fight that. And Anos al Dibor. That's Anos al Dibor. Just like we say in the Haggadah. Hashem forced them, and they didn't have a choice. And the Rebbe Shalom bops us on the head many times in life and says, this is the situation that you're going to be in. Now let's deal with it the best way that we can because the Rebbe Shalom only knows what is best for us. Chobos HaVavah says such powerful words at the end of Sharbi Tachon that the real Boteach and Hashem says, I never woke up one day to a situation that wasn't exactly what I knew Hashem wanted for me, and therefore, of course, I didn't want anything else. It doesn't mean that he didn't have feelings and pain and that he didn't have an, a, a chiyav of Ishtalas to try to make his situation better. If he was unemployed, he would get a job. If someone was trying to hurt him, he would protect himself. If something was going wrong, he would try to correct it with his ishtalas. That's part of the chiyav. But nevertheless, a recognition and understanding that Rebbe Shalom knows and sees the exact intricate details of whatever is going on in my life. That's the most important yesod of Gezerah Emes, Bacharitzah Sheker. What powerful words of the Ramban. Moving on to Parak Lamed Ches, Pasuk Gimel. So 
um, Yehuda has his sons, Er and Onan. And what's very interesting is that Yehuda called his son Er. Milashen, from the expression there on Bond says, Ora eskivurascha, so awaken your strength. But his wife named the second one Onan, and the Pasuk doesn't tell us why. So why doesn't it explain, uh, you know, why why she named him or or what she had in mind? And the Ramban says that because she had trouble in her labor, I, I he, the Ramban says I, I assume she had trouble in her labor, and many women will call their uh, children by the name that uh, signifies their trouble in labor, and therefore Onan means lushan of just like we talked about about Ben Yamin, uh, Ben Oni, that affliction. So so to here. It's a similar idea that she expressed. She called him Oni. And the Ramban brings down also, just like we have Yivitz, when he was born, his mother called him Yivitz because I was born um, with a sad demeanor. So there was there was difficulty in his in his birth. And so that's one shot. We'll come back to it in a second. And then the Ramban brings down, the Bracious Rabbah says that Er is Shehuar Mina Olam. So what does that mean? That he sinned and he was removed from the world. And, of course, Yehuda didn't have this in mind, the Ramban says, but whenever a kid has a name, like we talked about many times, this is a certain tendency that he has, and ultimately Chazal darshaned it, that it was al Shema Asid, that this is what was going to happen when he wasn't going to act appropriately. Okay? So, let's go back. The the There is another person whose name was Yaivitz. There's a couple of Yaivitz. It's Chassid Yaivitz. And, but there's a, the famous Yaivitz, who was uh, the son of the Chacham Tzvi, who actually... Uh, passed away in 1776, and he was a very, very prolific and fascinating man, very, very interesting man. If you ever uh, read the biographies, and he actually allegedly wrote a biography about himself. Very, very fascinating personality. And he writes in his introduction to Shalos Yavitz, which is his Shalos Yeshua's forum, that his father taught him how to learn, and he named it Yavitz because it has his name. His name was um, Rav Yaakov Emden. So it has the names. Yavitz was a nickname that he got, and... Um, it was because um, his father was called Chacham Tzvi, and the word Tzvi was, his name was Tzvi Ben Yaakov. That was his name. So it was Rashi Tevis Tzvi Ben Yaakov. And he writes that he also wanted to introduce a, a uh, acronym. So his father told him, you'll be Yavitz because you are Yaakov Ben Tzvi. And uh, so and his father, Chacham Tzvi, was a smart man and a big mechanic. So he said, when you grow up and you write Svarim, he was trying to encourage him, and you become a big Tamil Chacham, then you'll be called Yavitz. But the Yavitz writes a very fascinating thing there, that he writes that my mother was suffering from depression when I was born, and he writes that I had a very, very difficult upbringing, and that I feel like I, I have applied that pasuk, Kialadati Ba'atsev, that a lot of my life has had that. And uh, it's just a fascinating comment that he writes in um, his introduction to Shailas Yavitz. And so what we've mentioned here many times is that our own emotional uh, things that we go through have, have an impact on ourselves and people around us. And so uh, this word of Onan that the mother named uh, because of the trouble that she went through in the labor um, is actually a very, very significant name that uh, gets us thinking about, you know, being careful what we imbue in our children and recognizing how our children pick up our emotional things as well, in the positive and the negative. Some food for thought. Moving on to Paraglamad Ches, Pasuk Hey, there's an interesting comment brought down uh, in a number of Mepharshim. The Ramban actually doesn't agree with it, but it's just an interesting comment that I want to point out. But it says, Vatikra Shemo Shela. She named the baby Shela, and then Vahayabik Siv Balito Oso, 
and Yehuda was in Kaziv when, when um, according to one way of reading it, when the baby was born. And there is a radak that the uh, Ramban here brings down that says that the father used to name the first child, the Bechor, and the mother used to name the second child. And um, that's why it says in the Pasuk here, by Yikra Eshimo, he called the baby, the first name, Er. And then the, sh- the second time it says, Vatikra, she named the baby, Onan. And then the third time it says, Vatikra, she named the baby as well. So the Pasuk has to explain that, yeah, normally Yehuda should have named the third child. However, Yehuda was away when the baby was born. And since the baby had to be named, therefore, um, she got to name the baby. Uh, so, sh- so he named the Bukhar, Yehuda named the Bukhar. Um, and then the mother named the second child and the third child because Yehuda was away. However, the Ramban says, And uh, this is not correct shot. And uh, I'm not quite sure exactly why the Ramban doesn't like it because it's a fascinating shot. And the Torah, al Torah, also brings it down. And the Torah um, would like to defend the Ramban and explain the Ramban as well. But he brings this down. And, and there certainly is some source for this of at least switching off in naming or perhaps... Sometimes uh, people think that the, the mother should name the first child because she put in a lot of effort to bring the child in um, into the world, of course, and uh, to be mock your toe for that. And, uh, of course, everyone should always talk to their rub and talk to each other and uh, make sure that everybody is comfortable with uh, the situation. Moving right along, Perik Lamed Ches, um, Pasuk Ches. So the Ramban just explains that this aspect of Yibam was going on when Yehuda uh, married Tamar, who was actually his daughter-in-law, because he explains that this, since this was before Matan Torah, it was perfectly allowed, but more so, they knew a lot of the Torah because they learned it, they learned Torah, and they had uh, exposure to Torah from Adam and Noah and Avraham and Shem, etc. And the Chachamim HaKadmodim knew before the Torah that there was a great toelas, a great benefit in doing Yibam, and therefore um, they wanted to make sure to do Yibam as well, and before Matan Torah, Yibam could be performed not just by a brother, but by anyone. That's an important part. And um, the Ramban in Perak, Lamachaz Pasach Haftes, talks about Peretz and Zarach, the two sons of Yehuda, who came out of Tamar. And he brings down a very fascinating thing, that Peretz, who was the grandfather of David, or great-great-great-grandfather, where the Malucha comes from, Yehuda is the Melech, but specifically the line comes from Peretz, and it's brought down that a melech is porates lasos geder. And here it's the levana, the moon, is nifretzes leitim. And sometimes the moon is hit, sometimes the moon is waxing and waning. And that's what it's hinting to. And zarach is because of the chama, the sun, which is zorachas. And so we see again that, just like the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says that when they were Makadish levana, they would say, David melech Yisrael chayvakayim. There's a specific lesson of humility that connects the moon to the Davidic dynasty of humility and connection to Hashem. But there's also the the uh, sun, which shows that uh, the two will be equal eventually. There's a, nowadays it's Nismayit itself, but it's a Pagam because it's trying to reflect Hashem. And it's trying to reflect the, just like our Neshamas try to reflect Hashem, and there's a Pagam in Olam Hazah that we can't fully reflect, just like the Ramchal explains in Dar Hashem. So too, we try to be that moon that reflects Hashem as much as possible. In everything that we do, we try to connect in Hashem. Finally, the last thought for today is in Perik Mem, Pasuk Zion. So what happened was, Yosef was in the uh, jail at that point, at the end of the Parsha, 
and he speaks to the butler and the baker, and uh, he tells the um, the baker that I'm sorry to tell you, you're going to die. And why does it, the Pasuk tell us this? Because Yosef was a tremendous Talmud Chacham, and he was fully reliant on Hashem, and he knew that he understood how to read dreams, and he knew that Torah, and therefore he relied on his Torah, and he relied on telling him that. Because had the baker survived, he probably would have, but he was a powerful person in Paro's court, and this was a big trial, and had the baker survived, there's no doubt that he would have killed Yosef and had him executed. So the fact that Yosef told the butler that he was going to survive, that didn't have so much meaning. But the fact that he told the baker that he was going to be executed, that showed a big risk on Yosef's part. But Yosef was not afraid to take that risk because he understood that this is Torah, and this is the Chachma, and if we understand the Torah and we have, understand the Chachma, then we're allowed to share it with others. All right, thank you much for listening. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.